Amen. You may be seated. On this last day of Christmas, this day that many in the Church of the Lord Jesus Christ celebrate as Epiphany Sunday, or maybe some celebrate the next Sunday, on this first Lord's Day of the new year, this first Lord's Day of the new decade, interestingly enough, once again, a land far away, a land far away from us here in Huntersville, is nevertheless in the consciousness of Americans. And that country, of course, is Iran. And more precisely, the military action taking the life of a powerful and a ruthless Iranian military leader is in the consciousness of Americans. Interestingly, on this day, our gospel lesson so happens to be about the divine, gracious, glorious revelation being given to men long ago who themselves were more than likely from the very same region of the world, who may have been themselves Persians, as we might know them today. It would seem that our God is causing us, through His holy providence, to focus our attention, to pay very close attention to this story, this true history, this story of wise men coming to see the young child, Jesus. A story that ends much differently than the ending of the life of General Suleimani. Pay attention to Matthew chapter 2, the first two verses once again. Now after Jesus was born in Bethlehem of Judea, in the days of Herod the king, Behold, wise men, wise men from the east, came to Jerusalem, saying, Where is he who's been born king of the Jews? For we saw his star when it arose, and have come to worship him. And that was in partial fulfillment of the words of Isaiah, words that were in our call to worship Isaiah 60, Arise and shine, for your light has come, and the glory of the Lord has risen upon you. For behold, darkness shall cover the earth, and thick darkness the peoples. But the Lord will arise upon you, and His glory will be seen upon you. And nations shall come to your light, and kings to the brightness of your rising. Lift up your eyes all around and see. They all gather together. They come to you. Your sons shall come from afar. And your daughters shall be carried on the hip. Then you shall see and be radiant. And your heart shall thrill and exult. Because the abundance of the sea shall be turned to you. The wealth of the nations shall come to you. A multitude of camels shall cover you the young camels of Midian and Ephah, all those from Sheba shall come, they shall bring gold and frankincense and shall bring good news and praises of the Lord. And Matthew chapter 2, the coming of the wise men was also in partial fulfillment of the songs of the psalmist. Psalm 72 was in your bulletin. 
Give the king your justice, O God, and your righteousness to the royal son. May the kings of Tarshish and of the coastlands render him tribute. May the kings of Sheba and Seba bring gifts. May all kings fall down before him. All nations serve him. May his name endure forever. His fame as long as the sun. May the people be blessed in him. All nations call him blessed. Blessed be the Lord, the God of Israel, who alone does wondrous things. Blessed be His glorious name forever. And get this last part. May the whole earth be filled with His glory. Amen and amen. The Word of God for the people of God. Thanks be to God. When you hear the word manifesto, what do you think of? Yeah. The Kindness Manifesto. Or maybe you think, if you're kind of uh, following trends, maybe you think when you hear the word manifesto, maybe you think of such notorious killers as Dylan Roof and John Timothy Ernest and Brenton Tarrant posted their manifestos posted either on their own website or a notorious neo-Nazi website who then, after posting their manifestos, did their brutal murders in church, synagogue, and mosque, respectively. Maybe you think of those. Maybe you think of the Communist Manifesto. Maybe, again, if you're following trends, maybe you think of the Salafi uh, Islamic manifestos that gave impetus to the rise of ISIS. Manifesto. When we typically hear that word today, I suspect... In most people's minds, we conjure up some pretty dark thoughts. Yet not all manifestos are of evil intentions. Manifesto means a statement, a a, a revelation, which makes a person or a group's intentions known to others. A revelation that makes a person's intentions known. To others. From the American perspective, the Declaration of Independence was a good and noble manifesto. But an even greater, no, the greatest manifesto is the one we find in the verses I've read. This manifesto is God's declaration. This manifesto is God's revelation. This manifesto is God's manifestation through the appearance through the epiphany of a star, leading Magi to the appearance, to the epiphany of the greatest revelation of God's intentions, Jesus Christ. A revelation of the appearance of God the Son in human flesh come to save and redeem His people and His world. Let's linger a bit on that. Let's linger a bit on three aspects of that. Let's linger a bit on three questions. This manifesto is about the manifestation of whom? This manifesto is about the manifestation to whom? This manifesto will be about the continuing manifestation through whom? 
Of whom? To whom and through whom? Of whom? What, what is the manifesto saying? What is God's intention? Who's the subject of the manifesto? It's Jesus, right? If you go back to Matthew 1, what did the angels say to Joseph in a dream? Joseph, son of David, do not fear to take Mary as your wife, for that which is conceived in her is from the Holy Spirit. She will bear a son, and you shall call his name Jesus. Why? For he will save his people from their sins. This manifesto reveals that God's intention is to save his people through this child, this Jesus. There is salvation in this Jesus from the penalty of sin. And if you were here on Christmas Eve, not only from the penalty of sin, but from the power of sin. And not only from the power of sin, but also from the what? The very presence of sin. And there shall be salvation from all that is evil, all that is hurtful, all that is wicked. And that salvation is found only in Jesus. Jesus the one who will save his people from their sins. This Jesus who is also not only Savior, he's what? He is King. What were the wise men searching for? What did the wise men ask? Where is he who was born what? King of the Jews. Or as the psalmist says, the righteous royal son to whom every knee shall bow and every tongue confess is Lord, the sovereign, righteous King, whose kingdom is not of this world, but whose kingdom is breaking into this world, the King to whom all allegiance, all love, and all obedience is due. Amen? And this King was the young child, the humble young child, not found in palatial luxury, but a humble young child found in obscure ordinariness. We continue as we read through Matthew of what they did when they arrived in Bethlehem. And going into the house, they saw the child with Mary his mother, and they fell down and they worshipped him. Ah yes, this humble child was no ordinary child. This humble child, he was the one, the king, the savior, the one to be worshipped. No gift is, was too great a tribute to render unto him. Homage, worship, gold, frankincense, myrrh, hearts, their lives, our lives. This manifesto has a central character. This manifesto has the central character who's the central character of this book. This manifesto is about Jesus. Jesus. I would have you know nothing else but Jesus. But manifested savingly to whom? That's the next question. 
to Herod, to the chief priests and the scribes of the people, to those ethnic Jews who knew where he was to be born. But did you notice they weren't searching him out? To them? No, as the apostle John would tell us in John chapter 1. He came unto his own, but his own received him not. But to all who did receive him, who believed in his name, he gave the right to become the children of God, who were born not of blood, nor the will of the flesh, nor the will of man, but were born of God. To whom is this manifesto given? Who exactly sought him? Who exactly worshipped him? Who, would it seem, received him? Foreigners. Persians, more than likely. Those whose astrology and divination would have placed them under the condemnation of the law. Those who advised foreign, not Israel's kings, but foreign potentates. Those who would travel great distances to herald and honor new kings, new potentates. The historian Josephus tells us that men like these men that we've read about had once even visited Herod himself around 10 B.C. We're told by another that some of men like these would go and visit a Caesar by the name of Nero. So to whom was this divine manifesto given? Don't miss it. To representatives of pagan nations. Not to powerful, if I might use this term somewhat anachronistically, to important people in the church. Not to powerful Jews, but to humble Jews. Humble Jewish shepherds and pagan magi. Dear ones, there is so much hope in this. To humble shepherds and pagan wise men, not of ethnic, physical Israel, but from the nations. My suspicion is there are probably not too many ethnic, physical Jews in this congregation. There are those who have come from the nations. This was God's intention. Clearly laid out Clearly laid out in his covenant with Abraham, right? That the nations will be blessed. Clearly laid out in the songs of the psalmist. And clearly, as we've seen, laid out in the prophecies of Isaiah. God's intention is to save his people. And his people gloriously include people from every nation, every tribe, and every tongue. And the nations shall come to your light and the kings to the brightness of your rising. 
May all the kings of the earth fall down before Him and all nations serve Him. May people be blessed in Him. All nations call Him blessed. Blessed be His glorious name forever. May the whole earth be filled with His glory. Now we usually, typically think of the first fruits of this great ingathering being on the day of Pentecost. In the book of Acts. Yet we should back up and see these men brought by God's grace to fall at the knees of a child named Jesus. It's the first fruits of this great ingathering of the nations. And yet there is much more manifesting that needs to be done. Right? Have all the nations been reached? Have all people, groups come to Christ to pay Him homage, to give themselves unto Him? Has that happened? So one more thought for today. This manifesto is to continue to be delivered through whom? Our Lord and Savior has arisen. Our Lord and Savior is at the right hand of God the Father. Now, through whom should this manifesto be given? Who shall declare it? My suspicion is like the shepherds, the wise men, when they did go back home, told of the one they had worshipped. And I know that King Jesus gave His disciples a great commission. At the end of the book of Matthew. A great commission before He ascends into heaven. And what was that commission? You know it. And Jesus came and said to him, All authority in heaven and on earth has been given to me. Go therefore and make disciples of all nations, baptizing them in the name of the Father and the Son and the Holy Spirit, teaching them to observe all that I have commanded you. And here's the promise, And behold, I am with you always to win the end of the age. So I think that probably includes not only those original disciples and apostles, but it also includes whom? Us. Us. That royal, that blessed commission and task continues through His church today. And let me say right here, right now, if you do not know Jesus Christ as your Lord and Savior, today is the day of salvation. Place your faith and your trust in Him alone. Place your faith and trust in the one to whom the wise men came and worshipped. The one who lived a perfect life of obedience in the place of His people. The one who died to pay the penalty of the sins of God's people. The one who on the third day arose again. The one who ascended into heaven. The one who sits upon the throne. The one who will one day come again. Place your faith and trust in Him. Today is the day of salvation. Humbly pray, confessing your sin, seeking His forgiveness, seeking His eternal life. Place your faith and trust in Him today. 
and by His grace, turn from your sins and your old way of living and turn to Him and follow after Him in new obedience as His disciples. For He is Savior. He is King. There is no salvation outside of this Jesus. If by grace you have placed your faith and trust in this Jesus. If by grace you are a part of the church of the Lord Jesus Christ, then you take up this royal commission to be the continuing manifestation of the glorious good news, the good intention of our God to save all of His people and His world. How? Through developing the fruit of the Spirit. Love, joy, peace, forbearance, kindness, goodness, faithfulness, gentleness, self-control. Is there a particular fruit in that list that you really are struggling with? That there's really not much evidence of? Right now, today, pray a simple prayer. Lord, by your sovereign spirit, through your word and through your sacrament and through the communion of the saints and through all the means of your grace, develop this fruit more fully in me that I might reflect the goodness of the Lord and this glorious manifesto that Jesus Christ is the Savior of sinners. How else can you be this manifesto how else can you take up this commission through the greatest of these fruits or the greatest of the gifts of the Spirit? Love. By this all people will know that you're my disciples if you have love for one another. But I say to you, love your enemies and pray for those who persecute you. How can you love? enemy. How can you love one another? Let me, let me give you just a simple way. Show hospitality. During this season that some call the season of epiphany, would you resolve, and we talk about resolutions all the time, but would you resolve to extend hospitality? Particularly hospitality. Just a simple meal. Just a simple time together with someone who is not a believer. To an unchurched neighbor, co-worker, fellow student, over the next six, seven weeks, would you resolve to focus on that person and invite them into your home and love them? How can you take up this manifesto? How can you take up this great commission? Lastly, through being a gospel encouragement and a gospel proclamation yourself. During the coming weeks, we're hoping in our bulletin to include little uh, information articles on the various ministries and missionaries that we support as a congregation and in those reports, Lord willing, we'll include contact information. 
Would you take up another challenge? Take up this challenge that over the next few weeks, as you're reading through those in your bulletin, would you focus on one? And would you send a note of encouragement to them? For they are what? On the front lines of this great manifesto being spread throughout the nations. Simple thing. Encourage them in their gospel labors. And one last application. Would you pray over the next several weeks that the Lord would give you courage and that the Lord would give you opportunity to speak to one person who does not know Jesus as Savior and King. To just humbly share the good news, the manifesto of God's good intentions to save His people through Jesus. One fruit developed more fully. One act of hospitality extended. One word of encouragement to someone who's on the front lines. One gospel conversation and opportunity in the here and now. That's a great start to a new year. A great start to becoming a part of this manifestation of Jesus, Savior and King. Let's pray. O Lord, our Lord, may the light of the gospel of the Lord Jesus Christ shine through our lives and through our words to this dark world. May the gospel of the Lord Jesus Christ spread throughout the world. May all the nations come to our Savior and our King. This we pray in His name. Amen.